DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, will be joining us here momentarily. The Cougars, a perfect 4-0, and ranked 13th in the country. Getting ready for a trip to Logan to play Utah State. Yeah, he's off to a nice 3-1 and start of their own. Time to welcome in Dylan Cauley. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on their irrigation smart controller. Save 50% off each smart controller purchased. Offer available to all commercial property zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. Dylan, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? Good. I wondered if you were happy, if you were excited, if you were a little, uh, maybe a little jealous. Offensive line with a perfect pocket quarterback with just no pressure on him at all, picking out receivers 40 yards downfield. Does that kind of stuff make you salivate? Absolutely. Every single time. <laughs> did you, Fun to watch though, too. Did you notice that it seemed like they were willing to go deeper, to go deep more often with Romney than Hull? Or am I making that up? Uh, I think it was, I think, yes, Absolutely. And I, I, I think you go off of the talent level of the defense, right? Um, and, you know, I think that was probably one of South Florida's biggest, uh, you know, biggest struggles was the ability to stay one-on-one with those guys. And so knowing that, hey, it's a weaker defense and they don't have a lot going for them, I think if it was Jaron in there or Baylor, they, they would have gone down the field a lot more. Okay, so you think it was just the defense, not the quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So did it bug you the second half watching uh, the long drives, or did you think, well, it's 20-6, to six, it's largely over at this point? They never had the ball with a chance to tie the game. I mean, to be honest with you, I think there is the, like, the fun of it, right? I mean, like 100 100- – I was very surprised to wake up Sunday and see that BYU was ranked 13th um, due to right like the way in which they won. Now you add in the factors and you take the injuries, right? You take the difference in quarterback, which I'm not saying there's a huge drop off between the two, but um you know, I thought, hey, in order for us to be able to move up in those spots, we need to win by at least three possessions. Um, so I think what that just kind of shows is the tides are changing on what everyone's, what the outside, right, believes about what BYU is capable of and, and how good of a football team that they, they really are. Um, do I wish it would have kind of, the momentum would have stayed in our favor? Absolutely. I think that would have been more fun to watch, but. Ultimately, right, when you know a team is just going to kind of sit there and waste their own clock and, you know, kick onside kicks uh, in positions they don't need to, uh, I think you can just kind of hold on and say, all right, let's just keep everybody healthy and safe. So in your mind, when Hall's ready, he's a starting quarterback? Absolutely. Right. 100%. But I do. I but once again, right? There, there is something to be said about having three Division One quarterbacks in a room, right? Like you look at the talent across the board. Baylor could go, you know, pretty much anywhere, and he could start at any Mountain West school. He could start at a, a 
you know, even some of the, like he could go to a Wake Forest and start. Um, like Baylor is an extremely, extremely good quarterback. Right now, I think the better fit for BYU's offense and going off of what A-Rod and Fess know, you know, what is best for the offense today is, is Jaron's that guy. How much experience did you have? What was your experience with the BYU-Utah State rivalry? Um, growing up, growing up, it wasn't uh, obviously that was a different time in Utah State with Utah State, right? And then, so the wagon wheel just wasn't that it wasn't that focused on because of the way that you know Utah and, and BYU stood. Whereas when I was at Hawaii is when things really started to pick up and I get right. Like it was a huge deal. It was a much bigger deal. And so seeing it through the lens of, you know, my friends who Quinn Ficklin and Roman Andrus, who went to Utah state and played there um, and seeing it through that lens and then being able to watch that game and see how Utah state kind of, you know, dominated quite a few years. I think it's really turned a corner and, um, the the way that I felt after we got absolutely trounced by Utah State um, my senior year at BYU, like it, it did have a different feeling to it, and and not seeing that just in the meeting room all the time, you know, because when you get the wagon wheel, that thing stays at the very front of the meeting room all year long, and there hadn't really been a time growing up when I'd go to BYU that the wagon wheel wasn't there. My freshman year at BYU, the wagon wheel was there. And then kind of coming back and seeing it gone and not having it be a part of the day, uh, it, it, leaves a, it leaves a bit of a sour taste in your mouth, especially when you know it's, a, it's what's expected. So going forward in a couple of years when they get those uh, when they get in the Big 12, obviously they're going to have a bunch of conference games remaining to be seen, 8, 9, or 10, whatever it might be. So the opportunities for non-conference games are going to be limited. If you had to choose between Utah State and Utah, who would you choose? Utah. No question. Even though they have chosen not to play you and Utah State, it says, yes, we'll play you every season when we're an independent and we need games. And Utah says, nope, not doing it. Yeah, because <laughs> it's an opportunity to go back and, right, as much as people don't want to say it, like it's still a huge part of the college football rivalry, right? Like, it is a rivalry, and you know, I think that it is a game that should be on both of their schedules forever. I can hear people just grinding their teeth, others screaming at the radio right now. <laughs> but you, you're not even hedging a little bit. What a collie! <laughs> no. no, no question, no question. How could you not want that game every like? Just, just think about as as much as forget them, and, and I'm just speaking as a sheer college football fan here. Yeah, right. Do not get rid of that game. That would be bad ball for the entire state. What is that? I mean, all it does is, you know, if you want everyone to come together, you know, and cheer each other on. But in regards to rivalry in college football and where this place stands in college football scope. Right now, adding BYU to a Big 12 conference, and you've got three very successful, you know, programs right in the state, along with 
very successful FCS schools in the state. I mean, it's, it's a college football haven, but for the history and maintaining and, you know, it's not like it's ever going to be just a bad game. It's going to be a phenomenal game, especially when BYU starts adding, you know, the Big 12 experience all the time. Right, I think the thing would be that they blew you off. They blew you off for Michigan, and now in your final two, uh, well, not in your final two years, but going forward the next two years before you go into the Big 12, which is only one year, but anyway, Utah has blown off BYU to play Florida. So it's like, yeah, we'll play you unless we find a better-looking date to the dance. Right. So screw and them. Uh, I was going to call right you Austin, now. But screw them, Dylan. <laughs> right, but right now we're ranked 13th. So, so screw yeah. them back. Yeah, I like it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of you know, if you want to look at, they can think they. It can always be this blow off thing. It can always be this BYU's just not there yet, and you know, I think last year we were ranked above them as well. Yes, um, and this year too. No, so what and you're then, saying, it's no longer a fluke. It's just the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so you've got, uh, you've got that game going forward. You would play that even if they go to, like, ten conference games. You, I mean, you don't care. There's, like, there's no scenario. I can sit here and list scenarios, but I'd just be wasting my time, wouldn't I? Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, that, that game, that, and that's just, once again... Right, like it is a personal football fan, BYU fan, like bias on that game, right? Like it's it's a uh, it's an important game. I think it's important for the schools. I think it's important for the state. And uh, you know, it's it's big time. So last week uh, we didn't know it at the time we were talking to you, but you said unequivocally that the Utes should have uh, gone with Rising early on, and then it turns out that uh, after we get done talking with you later on, Brewer literally quits the team, and they're going with Rising because the other guy just walked away, said, nope, I'm, I'm done here, I'm out. So with that in mind, you're getting your wish. And I saw that uh, you'd uh, we were included on some of the Twitter stuff. You never said that Utah would have beaten BYU. You just said it would have been the complexion of the game would have been different. You didn't, as far as I can recall, you didn't right. say that they would have won. You just said the complexion of the game. So you got your cho- uh, your your way by for the Utes as far as that goes. Starting rising now, and we didn't necessarily see a stellar performance from him last week. And they've got the time off this week. Uh, what are you expecting as far as the Utes being better offensively now that Rising is going to be the guy? Yeah, I think you look at. You know, and and first of all, right, you look at what a team like Utah is going through right now, yeah. and to you know, and and you know, you you go back to the cliche of you know the the prayers and support are out to the Utah family and Aaron Lowe's family, and um, to uh, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> to lose two teammates within a 12-month span without even – you don't even look at the uh, scope of 
right? Whether you knew the person, whether you were locker mates with them, whether you were best friends, there is a, there is nothing harder for a team to lose teammates. And so when I genuinely say, right, I've been thinking about the Utah team, thinking about the Utah community for, you know, the, the entire week, uh, the only thing that you can do going forward, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter who the head coach is, is find ways to, to hold on to each other. And you make that the focus of your life and your football season to ensure that everybody around you is taken care of. Um, the wins, the losses at that point just really doesn't matter. You want to make sure your teammates, the staff, uh, and everybody is in a place where they can function together and, and no one goes out of sight at that point. And so with that being said, right, you have the opportunity to put yourself in a place where you're not thinking about anything because, right, it is a very, it's a very, very numbing feeling. You put yourself in a place where you're thinking about nothing but your Utah family and Utah football. And that's the momentum that will carry them, I believe, through the rest of the season, through the rest of the Pac-12. Um, and ultimately, I think they, they have the ability, they're in a position to where, right, I, I think, they they run the tables and have the opportunity to go and play uh, play in the Pac-12 South Championship. When you start talking like that, I think for Ute fans who just saw the most recent game, it's a little hard to believe. But on the other hand, right. if you've seen all of the recent Pac-12 South games, it's not that hard to believe. It's a pretty underwhelming group right now. Absolutely. And, and that's why you can say that, right? And, you know, with the addition of Cam Rising coming in and the two weeks off, I think there is a really good opportunity for him to come and take control of himself to be able to say, okay, this is my team. This is my time. I don't have anything to lose here, right? Like there's nothing to lose. And so he can just go in and play in a mentality that says, okay, let's just go have fun. Let's sling this thing around to what is available to me, right? Um, I think that he is, he, I mean, the kid, the dude has an incredible level of talent, right? It's just, I think, in watching him, right, it's the mental trusting himself, trusting his teammates, and knowing that he's in control of the situation and that it's his team to take over. Um, and once he does that, and I think the bye week and the two weeks kind of gives him that opportunity personally. And so hopefully he can kind of come in and keep the momentum. And, yeah, he's going to make some mistakes and things are going to, there's going to be growing pains, but they, they have the talent, you know, on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball to do it. Only worry being the offensive line. Dylan, we'll leave it right there with you. We appreciate the time and the opinions as always. And Tom Homo will take all of your scheduling advice under consideration. Perfect.
<laughs> Thanks, Dylan. Have a good one. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Everything you missed in this show, we'll get you up to speed next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. Kalani Sataki and BYU take their undefeated record to Logan for a showdown against the Aggies. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch all the play-by-play action beginning with a Cougar preview show. Friday at 6 on 97.5 FM with the post-game show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I'm still not sure the Milwaukee's actually won the championship. I didn't watch. I wasn't there. I didn't watch the game myself. So I guess I'll go off a basis of there's got to be some kind of proof. I'm going to do my own research and figure out if they won it. That right there is Robin Lopez messing around on media day as the NBA gets going. Yeah, I don't know get where get where he's going because his brother was on that team. Yeah, I guess so. And then do your own research sounded like vaccination humor, and he just he's playing around. Yeah, rolled it all into one. I'm just here to mess around on media day. Okay, got it now. The Denver Nuggets and Michael Porter Jr. have agreed on a five year designated maximum extension. He's going to get $172 million for sure. If he makes one of the three All-NBA teams, it bounces up to $207 million. Ah, the essence of the NBA, PK. Where you can get rich. <laughs> Have height, get money. They don't want to lose him. If he helps them win a championship, then which it he, was worth it. Which he won't. Standing alone, that looks like an enormous amount of money for a guy who's had health issues and doesn't defend. But he can score it. And who else would they get? So they roll the dice with him. He's there and he's paid. Yeah, he's not exactly rolling the dice. He's locked in and good to go. Actually, he can roll the dice as much as he wants because it's going to be hard to go broke. Wow, man, that's so much cash for maybe an above average player. But I wouldn't put him anywhere near an all-star. And they might as well put me as, uh, I'll get a raise if I make uh, one of the three all-NBA teams. Because I think I got as much chance as he does. Yeah, he doesn't look like he'd be anywhere near that, you wouldn't think. But nonetheless, those are the rules, and it's out there. Jazz are off to Vegas for three days, then off to San Antonio. You ready for preseason basketball? Doesn't matter if I am or I ain't. True story. Sure, fine. Start your season. Monday, October 4th at San Antonio and the 6th at Dallas. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. I mean, I'm not going to make any judgments based on anything. Makes It's meaningless for the regular season. But get guys out there and get started. I'm glad that the season is under its usual calendar that we've known for so many years. I like that. Haven't seen that for a while, but we get it again this year. Major League Baseball calendar is uh, counting down. Brandon Belt, broken left thumb. His availability for the final week of the regular season in the playoffs, unclear, but broken thumb doesn't sound good. And he's had a good year for them. He's been a big part of what they're doing, so that is a big blow for the Giants. 29 home runs, career high, 274 batting average, 59 ribbies. 
I don't know what they're going to do to replace him because it's not like Orlando Cepeda's walking through that door. <laughs> Orlando Cepeda ain't walking through that door. Willie McCovey is not walking through well, that she, door. Will dead, so Clark not. is not. I'm just listing famous first baseman in Giants history. Well, then don't eliminate J.T. Snow. If it wasn't for J.T. Snow, Dusty Baker's kid might be dead. Scooped him up at home plate. Runner coming home. Look out. Cowboys handled the Eagles. That was a piece of cake. 41-21. Dallas looking like the class of the NFC East. Everybody else is figuring it out. They got a good quarterback. Everybody else, it's a work in progress. Oh, for sure. I think that if he stays healthy, yes, they definitely are the favorite in that division. I don't think there's any question about that. Pencil them into the playoffs. The only question will be 10 wins, 12 wins. Where are they going? How many wins? And what will they be seeded? But the postseason looks like theirs for the taking. They're 2-1, and one, and nobody else in that division has a winning record right now. Right. Bears, three quarterbacks on their roster. Any one of them might start against the Lions. Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Nick Foles. There's just no telling. Trying to keep the Lions off balance. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Chicago for decades. Can't figure out quarterback. And our question of the morning here, the Cougars going to the Big 12. They're not going to be scheduling 12 games. Now they're going to have to pick and choose. And we don't know, 8, 9, or 10, what the number will be for conference games. But whether they have two, three, or four non-conference games, how should they prioritize the Utes and the Aggies? Who should they play? Who should they not play? What should they do? Advice. It got ugly here, PK. We got one, we got one, we got one fan and another fan. You shut your mouth. <laughs> why? I don't know. He's not speaking, but Why? Oh, man. Why, why is he supposed to shut his mouth? <laughs> it's, uh, it's Facebook, and it's harder to follow the thread. I don't oh. have that for you exactly. If it were Twitter, it would be easy. Uh, Brian says, yes, why not? Everyone else in the Big 12 is in the Midwest or East. They need to maintain some geographical rivals. Well, that's a fact. They are in the other time zones, right? Yep. As of right now, anyway, there's nobody in the mountain time zone. Nope. If they go to 14 and the Broncos get in, then that would change, but... And there's at least three off the top of my head that are in the Eastern time zone. Uh, West Virginia, Cincinnati, and UCF? Yeah. Tanner says, of course, it's one of the funnest games of the season. And now it's equal in terms of repercussions, which Utah should appreciate. I just think Utah State has been so loyal to BYU, playing them every year, and give them a shot, see what they want. They may not want it every year, but if they do, go ahead and do it. I would think they would, certainly if they can get the games in Logan, because they're pretty much guaranteed a sellout. Uh, it didn't look like it was a sellout Saturday morning. It looked like there were some empty it was uh, not. concrete right. uh, bleachers available there. And they had a booster buy some tickets and give them away at local elementary schools, so that yeah. crowd could have been even smaller. And I've been up there covering those games, and they're fun games. And they had a tremendous comeback the Cougars did the one year. and uh, it, it, it just brings interest into the state and gives you an opportunity to sell your, sell your state 
You know, this is one to be on CBS uh, CBS Network. Sports Network Friday yeah, night. And so obviously they'll be talking about it. CBS Sports Network has got to be thrilled that BYU's 4-0 ranked 13th. Yep. They, they yeah. scoop up that game every year, and this year's even better for them. Yeah, the they've got to love that. Ratings bump. Friday night, uh, 9 o'clock back east. Not too bad, particularly on a Friday night when you don't have to get up, usually, most folk. So um, my, my guess is there might be some college football people who would check that out. Hey, say, well, what's BYU about? You know, when I know they had the Zach Wilson kid go to the Jets, and I know they went all those games last year. And then that's the thing about BYU football. Once it's good, it bridges the gap of the down years. Zach Wilson. Oh, yeah. Ty Demmer. Bosco. Young. It's easy. Even though it's been 30, 40 years, you make that connection relatively easy. The brand is important, especially yeah. in college sports, and a lot of schools have ridden it. USC is struggling. You know, this decade hasn't been, the last decade wasn't nearly as good as the decade before. But when they get it going again, they'll connect. The brand lives on. Yeah, yeah, When exactly. When it does, then there you draw back to that time. Notre, Dame, Notre Dame's doing it right now. This is up for them. I think they're a little bit different. I mean, they're always they, they, they have high intensity coverage, irregardless of their team. But they were right. But their team was pretty mediocre for a long run, and now they're really good again. I mean, they're cranking out ten win seasons and more, eleven, twelve, whatever. Well, as long as they don't execute their offense, they'll be okay. Yeah, that fell flat. <laughs> I get the historical nature of the quote, but it. It got a better laugh the first time than it did the second. I don't think you got to laugh. You can't set yourself up like that. And I don't think, uh, Brian Kelly, if you haven't been funny... You can't attempt, suddenly yeah, be yeah, funny right, right. with Because then nobody knows how to act that, around that. Whereas if you've been lighthearted and had made a number of right. comments, like Leach could have pulled that off because he's viewed as a sort of an out there dude. Because everybody's playing, like, what's he going to say? Yeah, but and Kelly, says, is that's not who he's been. No, he's no. more of a grinder. Yeah, well, Not even a grinder. He's considered just a bleep. He just doesn't have a, you know, he's not a sense of humor guy. Yeah. Lane Kiffin can do that. You think that. I'm kidding, DJ. You know what I mean? Lane <laughs> I Kiffin says outrageous stuff more often, and he gets away with it. K- Kiffin would get away says with that. It. Yeah, he would get away with this. Yeah. Not so for Kelly. Yeah, Kiffin had fun with the rat poison. Right. Now, yeah, he goes, that's just who he is. Josh says, uh, BYU-Utah? Sure. Any loss to Utah will still leave BYU 0-0 zero zero in the Big 12. That's right. I see Dang. what he's doing. I know what he's well, doing. We'll play Josh. They were 0-0. Zero zero. Scotty's absolutely serious. Scotty's uh, probably an accountant. <laughs> Of course. All teams benefit by playing teams close to home that don't require chartering planes. Financially, they do. Save 100 grand. That'll pay for two or three employees because I think it's actually probably more than 100 grand now. Shireen says the pack has never wanted BYU. That's a fact. This is a chance to walk away from that game. Break all ties. They don't want them. But yet they want to schedule them all the time. Well, then don't break all ties. <laughs> Never mind. Don't break all ties. It'll be interesting to see what BYU does because they can go the Utah way too or like the Arizona way and try to play as many cream puffs as possible. Or they've got contracts with a bunch of big-name programs. And do they want to do, give those up? Do they, yeah. Yeah, they got SC, Stanford, and yada, yada down the line. So do they want to shoehorn those games earlier in the season? How do they want to play that? My guess is they do. But yeah. they don't want to give those up 
They've got them, but they'll, and they'll just, be, we'll be getting uh, in a couple of years. We'll be getting stuff uh, in 2054. <laughs> you know what I mean? The thing is, with some of those games, if you give them up, will you get them back? They're going to do this alliance thing, so they might not want to schedule you. So if you want to play some of those schools, you got them under contract, you probably shouldn't give them up. Yeah, yeah. If it's agreeable to both sides down the line, push them back even right. more. Because I assume now they they'll have still years, play the one double A game. They, I assume, right? They have years where they don't have a lot of, you know, twenty twenty four. They've got uh, Utah on the schedule and NC State, and that is it for Power Five games. Well, they'll, they'll have a slew of them in twenty four, right? So I'm saying when you're deciding what to hold, the choices aren't as tough. Well, you're not balancing USC and Stanford that year. No, no. You you schedule a Big Sky game, and away you go. Twenty twenty five, they have Stanford, Minnesota, Virginia, and Utah. So now you got to pick and choose. Broncos right, probably right, over right. there waving his hand, going, "You can let us go, thanks." Yeah, I would think so. Don't worry about us; we'll be fine. Yeah, but that it's not his decision. No, completely. More folks weighing in here. Uh, <laughs> just, people just going back and forth at this. It's what they do. Uh, I know. Uh, no, Clint says, and this is actually to your original point, because you just made it clear they are way too big time to associate with either BYU or Utah State. But BYU and Utah State should continue playing the game. I would like to see it. And I would like to see Utah too. But if they want to take some time off, as they've done, I'm totally fine with it. I think that rivalry will be intermittent going forward. I can live with it. Because they'll still have a rivalry whether they play or not. That's why it's one of the greatest rivalries in the country. Yeah, we've noticed Because they don't have to play to have it still go. And then with the Big 12, Pac-12 in our market, it's going to be sensational. Really, really looking forward to it in two years. I wish it started next year. Big 12, Pac-12 bowl games going forward. Maybe they can play there in their off years. Even better. That Vegas bowl worked for me. Oh, for sure, yeah. That I was stadium there. was packed. It was a lot of energy in the pregame and all that stuff. And we there's were a there. lot of bowl games. We that had just, so much fun that week. Yeah, there's a lot of bowl games that are just so blah. Just so. Right. Yeah. That was, and, and the night, uh, two nights before, I saw Olivia Newton-John. Oh, was that the week of that? I, I was, didn't know yeah. which Vegas trip that I was. I believe that was, yes. You and Gordon and Dick Harmon. Gordon setting land speed records to get down to Vegas. A lot of people who don't want to see Olivia Newton-John, but would watch the three of you watch Olivia Newton-John. Well, it's for free, and I'm sitting in a hotel room. Everybody else is facing the stage. And there's a bunch of sports friends from Utah with their back to the stage watching you three. I got nothing else to do, and it's for free. I enjoyed it. What the heck? Something to do. I don't know that I would have paid for it, but I didn't have to. Uh, Matt says Iowa State plays uh, Iowa and Northern Iowa every year. I see no difference. I think regional rivals should play regardless of conference. That's what makes college football great. I agree. And as channel surfers, I think you do this. I know I do. When you're looking for a game, when you see a game you know is a rivalry game and it's competitive. It's got to be competitive. It's more likely to hold your interest. Right. If I see Tennessee has blown out Vanderbilt, I keep moving. For sure. But... The number of rivalry games I've watched randomly over the year because it's a rivalry game and people are going nuts and it's competitive. I can appreciate it. I've stopped on all kinds of games for that. I, I agree, yeah. All right, DJ and PK, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. 
BYU has proven that it's the best team in the state and the best program in the state over the past several seasons. The Big 12 chose BYU and not Utah. Get the Utes off the schedule, get the Aggies off the schedule, and schedule like a national power. Get Bama into Provo. Shazbot, the ultimate Mormon S-word. <laughs> Shazbot. I don't know that I've ever heard that one. I have never heard that one. I grew up here. <laughs> I like it. I'm from Orem, Utah, and I've never heard that. Shazbot. <laughs> I pulled that driveway left. Shazbot. What particle of speech is it? Or mm. article. Noun. So you're a Shazbot? That is Shazbot. <laughs> you Shazbot around? Uh, might be a versatile word. And since we're just making it up, why not make it? Never heard of it. Drew Christensen tweets at us, listening to Dylan talk right now is why... It's BYU's responsibility to keep the rivalry going. Utah has blown up BYU so much for bigger names. And stick with USU. They have been loyal, and they actually respect the in-state rivalry. Yeah. I think that's true. Do they respect it, or financially it's so good for them they didn't want to mess it up? They're linked to the big time in relevance. You're speaking of Utah State? No, Utah State. And maybe they do well, I'm respect I'm sure it. there's truth to that, what you're saying there. But what difference does it make? They played it. Like, Utah didn't get in the Pac-12 on its own merit. It largely got in because Texas and Oklahoma said no. So what? (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? Who are you playing in two weeks? You're in. USC. Yeah, that's all that matters. What difference does it make how you got in? Yeah, you just got to accept that in the world of college sports. And Oklahoma and Texas have power, and they decide something, so Utah's in the Pac-12, and they decide something else, so BYU's in the Big 12. and well, Same principle. So way, what? What difference it does it make? You're we in the were, Big 12, baby. Yeah, I mean, I went to press conferences for both, and everyone, both fan bases and administrations were static. So good for them. P5s don't go to Logan, so why should we anymore at this point? That's not true. There aren't a lot of P5s going to Logan. Okay, but you said P5s don't. That means one I do remember, makes that statement I do remember inaccurate. Oregon going 15 years ago and Kansas State going 25 years ago. I'm hard. Oh, Wake Forest went there. Washington, Wake Forest. State's Washington, going State. Washington State has got a deal. You're right, yeah. So, no, that's not true. It's a short list, but there is a list. And, and this is different circumstance, too. It is. Robert, who uh, listens... And Utah went there, too. Yeah. Robert, who who listens and tweets at us a lot, says, BYU versus Utah on the Friday before April General Conference. Great! Three exclamation points. (laughs) I'm an interviewer. And the idea of playing in Hawaii was excellent. Another idea (laughs) that I created. I'm an idea man. I may freeze to death in the studio, but I am an idea man. Oh, we're going to freeze to death in the studio. That's how the show ends. Bring <laughs> a heater. You, you and I like Jack Nicholson in the mountains of Colorado. No. Here's lost, Scotty. Lost, <laughs> lost in the hedges. Because <laughs> you, 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 start, you are starting to look good to me. Oh, no. <laughs> are you real? <laughs> 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 oh, 
History Rhymes at you, man. Says no to the Utah game, since everyone knows the Utes are too good and important to play the Cougars every year. Scream at the TV says, this is funny reading these responses now that the shoe is on the other foot. <laughs> yeah. It happens. Hey, we'll go around. BYU should play Idaho State as well. The Bengals scheduled BYU during the Independence. But not every year. <laughs> no. They're playing the Bengals in November. They are. I've been saying for years, this game needs to die, Utah man am I. But the Big 12 affiliation helps. I'm now up for the Utes and the Cougars playing four to six out of every ten years. I think that's where it's going. Four out of every ten? What's the point? That seems too few. I don't think it'll... Well, I I see how this alliance works and how often they play the real big-time games because I do think that that logic is going to hold regardless of who's calling the shots. We've seen it under two ADs, get to a third or fourth AD. If they're playing Alabama home-and-home or they're playing Ohio State home-and-home, they might shy away from a BYU game. But... The TV networks are going to be trying to schedule the best programs against the best teams. Is Utah going to stay good? They're going to be good on merits. They're not going to be there on brand. USC can go 6-6. Six and six. They're going to get those games based on their brand. I don't think Utah is. And if, if you're playing some of the teams that uh, aren't as high profile, Indiana, Purdue, Rutgers, hey. the BYU game lives. Sorry, did I just talk bad about Jersey? Rutgers 3-1, and one, man, with a close loss in the big house. I say only 4, four out of 10 is too little. you got to play at least 40% of the time. That is 4 out of 10, PK, as you well know. Oh. The, that, yeah, well, it's divided. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, we got fans here advocating getting rid of the FCS games. Everyone's trying to shoehorn these games in with nine conference games, and then you've got your money game with the big sky. Lose those games. I would absolutely be in favor of that. Unless it really impacts the big sky level teams and they need that game, then... It does, and they do. That's why they're playing them. They're not playing them because they're going to win. I know once in a while they do, and Montana got Washington. I know they're playing them to make money, but I don't know that, that it's a necessity. If it is, then give them the bone that they need because it's important for them to be able to have their level of football. And that's how schools like Utah get seven home games in a year, which is important for their budget, as they chase the money and try to close the gap on the wealthier teams. Understood. So I just I don't think that game's going away. For money reasons, it makes sense for both schools, which is why games that don't make sense on the field get played anyway. Uh-huh, yeah. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of time. Hands and Scotty are coming up next. Stay with us.